Welcome to The Winding Road Home, now available on demand on all of your major podcast platforms. I'm Russ Salerno, your show host. I'm here with my lovely wife, Yvette. Howdy. How's everybody doing? I figured doing? I'd try a new one tonight. Howdy. Howdy. What are you, like from Iron Station or something? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> we, live in, we live in North Kakalaki. Yeah, we're actually recording the show from the metropolis of Iron Station, North Carolina. For those of you who don't know that where that is, it's just north of Charlotte. It's in Denver, North Carolina, basically, just north of Dallas. We have, we have so many cities or little towns in this area that are named after big cities. Mm-hmm. I tell people I live in Denver. They go, man, you're moving up in the world. Nope. I live in the Denver of the East. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun little area. Uh, we, we've enjoyed it. We've been in this county now 20-something 20, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Anyway, um, hey, we, we uh, as always, before we get started, we want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast um, and give us a five-star review if you like the show. If you don't like the show and don't want to give us a good review, don't, don't review us at all. We just appreciate the five-star onlys. <clears throat> We're a five-star only crowd, and uh, that's how we roll. So uh, this podcast is simply a response to God tugging on our hearts to do something bigger than we are and... This is a lot bigger than we are. We're still learning this stuff, and and um, we are, are appreciative that you guys are hanging there while we're learning. But- and I was praying today, and I, I actually asked the Lord, I said, whether it's one person or a million people, just let what we're doing make a difference in someone's life. And, it, <clears throat> you know, we'll never know that until uh, we pass from the side of eternity to the next, you know, and, and um, so... Those of you who are listening, mom, dad, <clears throat> and um, maybe one of my other friends. Um, now we have we're, we're, you know, the, the viewership. I'm, I mean, the numbers are, are are steadily picking up. I mean, it's not a numbers thing, but it's nice to see the numbers growing a little bit. And we like the feedback. We like to hear. We we had a friend call us or text us the other day, and she said we were heading up to to their daughter's college, and she said, and I plugged in my phone. And I hit my podcast thing, and the first thing that started playing was our podcast. She said, so we listened to you guys the whole way up. And that just made me feel good that she let us know that she was listening to it and she was enjoying it. Yeah, and uh, also today, in fact, um, an engineer that I work with, um, his name is Joe, he told me that he's been listening to our show recently, and he started listening from the last show backwards. So he listened to the Mother's Day one. He said he's been going backwards, you know, towards the... The, the back. This is episode 25. So so he's listening to us from the time we hopefully are better to the time that we really yeah, weren't very he's good. Going to be, he's, going to, he's going to hear us get progressively worse. He's like, what <clears throat> happened to them? Yeah. So, but um, we are, uh, like like I said, we're, we're just so grateful that you guys would, uh, would hang in there with us. Um, and um, as always, we, we want to give a special recognition to the servicemen and women who um, uh, protect our freedoms and um, just just give them a round of applause because without them stepping up to the plate every day things would be a little chaotic we appreciate you obviously you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and if you would like to email suggestions for for the show or or any feedback or anything like that you can also reach us at the winding road home at gmail.com so when we come back um we're going to get into the good bad and the crazy 
We used to call it the cray cray, but we're just going to go with crazy. Just, just be a little bland. And when we get back, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some pretty crazy stuff that's going on, and I mean crazy. Crazier than normal. Um, uh, pretty pretty crazy. I mean, we would ne- we wouldn't be talking about this um, not even five years ago. You wouldn't even think it's crazy. Anyway, we'll be right back. So um, you you may or may not have heard about this, guys, but this is um, let let's just let's just go with the crazy first. So any of you out there wearing Converse, you remember Converse, the Converse shoe company, Chuck Taylor, know? Chuck Taylor, All Stars, man. I mean, that was just the thing. And um, you know, grew up. I actually, you know, when I played basketball in high school, our coach made us wear them, and, and that was, that's when Nikes were coming out. Like the Nike, the first Nike leather shoes, and and Converse have absolutely no support. They're they like don't walking on a plank. Yeah, I tried them on once, and I thought, well, if I get some inserts, but they were too flat. Yeah, I mean, but and, they're cute, and they were cool back in the way back in the day. Um, that that was all you had, and then like so, like in the mid eighties, early early mid eighties, that's when the new Nikes were coming out. Like it was cool to have Nikes and. They Converse start as high tops. I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I went to Evans High School in Orlando, and our colors were like green and, and gold, like a puke gold. It Did just you was. You have green. And, and, and white, actually. And yeah, and they made us wear the green high tops. And um, with your green basketball shorts, the really short ones, I, almost like running shorts. I really didn't want to wear them because the new Nikes were out. And I, I, wanted, to wear an, I wanted to wear a Nike basketball shoe. Which so, we used to call Nike because we didn't know it was Nike. It was Nike. <laughs> well, it's spelled like bike. You yeah, could say like Nike, Nike. Right? But Nike is a cool way to say it. So Converse, uh, been a part of American history for a long time. He recently made an interesting decision. So, you know, we talk about some crazy stuff on this show. and and But th- th- this is just, this is insane. So Converse... Announced support of a child of, of child abuse. Basically, there's a transgender kid, uh, and they and his name is uh, oh, what's his name here? Yeah, he's a drag queen, and his and, and he's he's 11 years old. Okay, now he's been on um, the show that Michael Strahan's on. Do you remember that? The morning show? Oh yeah. no, was it today? No, it's. Yeah, I forget the I forget the name of the show. Well, it's, it's irrelevant. It's, it's so the what way, yeah. So, so this this kid, um, he he basically gets sponsored by. It's it's almost like if if and he dances at gay bars. That's the big thing they say he, that they, yeah. he's been doing that for a while. He dances just, at gay bars. Mom and dad are okay with it. He's he's a he's a boy that dresses like a girl. They promote it. And he's trans. He's he's he he he's a transgender. He's he's self identifies as a as a woman and dresses accordingly. And he hasn't even hit puberty. How do, yeah, how and mom and dad, know? mom and dad are, are selling them out. Um, they're making a little bit of money, and so Converse decides, let's give this guy a shoe contract. And so that's what they did. And this this kid is now has his own 
uh, transgender line of shoes or something like that. I mean, this is, this is where we're at. And people are okay with this. And what I read about them is that it's not only this, I mean, 11 year old boy dressing like a girl, you know, okay, there, there's one thing, but he's, he's out parading around and he's, he dances for men at gay bars. What? I mean, it's pedophilia on top of it. What the heck? Well, I think mom and dad would be sent to, sent to jail. Yeah, how I mean, are they not? How are they not arrested? I mean, b- people get in trouble if they spank a child to discipline them. And then you got people doing... You've, uh, yeah. It's it's maddening. It's it's sad. And so his name is Desmond, and um, the, the kid's name is Desmond. And I would just say at, at this point, because they're so far in, and now it's about the money. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at a... Um, in a Converse tweet, and it says, we're happy to launch our Pride collection. And there he is in the middle, little tiny 11-year-old kid. And I can't sit here and hold this up for forever. That You're going to need to look at it. All right, mm-hmm. so um, you've got, obviously, just a, a different crowd of people. So he said, the Converse announces, we're happy to launch our Pride collection, partnering with six individuals connected to the LGBTQ plus Pi R Square community who uh, show the power of expressing one's true self. Contributions are supporting at It Gets Better. Uh, anyway, so on and on. Um, so yeah, Converse just went public with it. And here's this little 11-year-old boy in this picture. Just it, it's just sad. So I would say this: the only thing that we can do at this point is advocate for um, for love. Russ, how do you love Converse? How do you love uh, this boy? Well, we love the boy. We just don't like what the boys decided to do, and I don't think the boys even decided to do it. I think you know, mom and dad have obviously convinced this kid that this is this is normal so they get up in the morning and they do the the bar scene with the kid and he gets paid and whatever and now he's got this contract and it's just a way of life for them now so to each his own yeah but you know we got to be careful and i think that um at this point the the one thing we can do is just pray for this boy because there's going to come a point in time and there's a lot of depression and suicide among the transgender um, and, and homosexual Huge crowd. Um, there's going to come a time in this kid's life, and it might be in his late 20s when he realizes, man, what have I done? Like, you know what I mean? And, and if he ever gets to that point, it, it gets, I'm sure it gets pretty dark. And so I just think we just need to pray for him. You know, pray that God will present himself um, as he faithfully does to everyone. And the kid responds. That's all that we can really. That's all we can really, really ask. So there's a here. gay pride flag, and now there's a trans flag, which looks like lightning bolts. Yeah, pink and blue. Okay. So let's can move on. Can I have on. a heterosexual flag? I'd like the heterosexual one. I'll yeah. wear that one. Well, we, we have one. It's just white, just like a white sheet. Anyway, um, so let's let's move that on. Doesn't, to, let, that doesn't sound good. I know. <laughs> That was terrible. Rethink that. You didn't mean it that way. Um, let's let's move on. To, let's move on to some good news now. So the good is so you, we've all heard about this um, female trans. Here we're just on the trans thing today. 
the female, the female trans powerlifter that won these uh, these weightlifting titles. That mm-hmm. and um, so that person. And, yes, uh, I saw that know, person. Yeah, and so she, you know, won or he won a bunch of ti- like literally world records. Um, bragging what a day nine for nine masters world squat record. He's, he's bragging about open bench record masters world DL record and master world total record. He posted all that on his Instagram bragging. Well, he's so physically he's, a man. So men are physically he identifies as a woman and the raw powerlifting federation who, who awarded him those records just recently pulled them away from him. They stripped him of, of of his of his women's championship titles after the Powerlifting Federation determined that Gregory was not eligible uh, as to compete as a female. So good for them. Yeah, good for them. I mean, they probably should have caught it on the way in. And I don't know how you uh, how uh, do you catch that. It looked pretty I mean, obvious. He, he looks yeah. I mean, he he she he he looked like a. I mean, I saw and seen the pictures. I mean, he looks like a guy. I mean, so. You know, what's this going to do to the WNBA? And I mean, you know, and, and here's another thing. Here's so why here's can an people not be men or women? If, here's, I, but but mm. here's here's the interesting thing about it. Mm-hmm. If this was such a big deal. Right. And it is like, but if it was such a big deal that the freedom of, of you know, identity. Mm-hmm. You never see a woman acting like a guy to compete in guys at guys events, guys sports that never happens. Cause they're not physically. A exactly. Man. It's always the opposite. I think this is what I they think. They just want to win. I think <laughs> the guys that do this can't win. As haven't as worked as a- hard enough. They don't have the talent and they say, you know, I got close on the man side of things, but I just want to go get me a title. And it's just a weak. It's just a weak attempt to grab a trophy. You know what I mean? Just, Go go down to the they have trophy stores in every city. I don't know, but that is a go buy yourself a trophy. That's quite if you a want length to go bad. to just to get a trophy. It's exactly, I buy you one. It's cheaper just to go buy a trophy. I mean, if you want trophies and that's what you're in, that's what you're in it for, just a trophy. Then just go. It's, forget the 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 hormones. Those are expensive. I could go pick up a trophy for like, I mean, probably in a garage sale for like. They'd give them to me. Somebody would just have. Here's a box of trophies. Take them. Take the label. Take the little thing off. And uh, you know, uh, first place baseball t-ball trophy. Put put your little plaque on it, and then you're there. You are. You got your weightlifting trophy. I just think it's. I'm an athlete, and I can't. I mean, this stuff just drives me nuts. Because so you work I, so hard to get to a certain point, and yeah. you dedicate yourself, and then someone who's genetically a man with all the genetic, uh, the makeup and the strength. Well, all the they're gonna go in and compete as a woman so they can win. All the female athletes, they're all now kind of like, okay, enough is enough. Like they're stepping up and they're they're making their they're making their uh, their voice heard. Good for them. They should. You know. So yeah, I I think I think that um, you know d- don't mess with sports. I mean, just don't. Me- you know, sports is one of those things that that we can all have in. Der- you know, we can we can. You could be a Democrat. The other guy could be a Republican. I could be a Christian. You could be an atheist. But we, but we both like the Carolina Panthers, or we both like the Orlando Magic, you know, or whatever team. You know, it's the one thing that brings people together. Sports. I mean, it's the one man-made, you know, 
or man-made institution mm-hmm. that that brings people together. That's why the Olympics are so so interesting because you got all these countries and some of them hate each other, and yet they go out there and they compete because it's 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 a level playing field. Um, of course, with well, they love the, the game, but yeah, the sports brings brings people together and. I just can't stand. ESPN started it a long time ago when they started doing more political commentary rather than just just calling sports. You know, you mm-hmm. know, and and stick to sports. Yeah, and so I hope that you know sports has really kind of uh, lost its, especially pro sports, has really lost its um, luster. Uh, yeah, I mean, even the NASCAR thing is kind of getting old. Um, you know, well, because politics and and. All every all this things all this stuff comes into it. All everything that's happening in the world. Well, and I think you got these athletes that are making tons and tons of money, and now we're shifting away from the the original story. But that's okay. But I, this is a good topic. I mean, I think that you know, with the money that players are making, and you've got the average Joe that's that's working his butt off. Average Joe can't afford to go to the games anymore. It's corporate. It's corporate entities that are buying up all these tickets, and and. Um, you know, the average Joe can't, can't, can't go, can't go do that, you know, and it's unfortunate, but I mean, it's, it is where we're at, which, which where we're at in pro the almighty sports. dollar. Like, yeah. So unfortunately what so many of us in America, you know, that's kind of yeah what this country has got, gotten to. Well, I mean, the money, money changes people. And they negotiate for more and more and more. These athletes, you think about what they make. Yeah. Well, so, you know, and, uh, and they so, work hard. I, I mean, I and I do want to kind of mention Absolutely. though, I am kind of proud. So, um, you know, I coached at Davidson day high school and was able to be a part of two state championships in North Carolina with them. And, um, the quarterback for the team who I, um, you know, was, uh, pretty close with and, uh, close with his dad, um, Will Greer, Will Greer, a local Charlotte native product um, was just drafted by the Carolina Panthers, and uh, in the third round, he just hometown boy comes He just home. signed a four-year contract for three point eight million dollars, and uh, so we want to give Will Greer a uh, a shout out. Um, I'm sure I, I I'm sure he re- he would remember me. Um, you know, it's been a long time because he's, you know, he's been out of high school and he went to Florida and, and, and they, boy, how they, how Florida did him was incredible. Um, you know, he, he made a mistake and went to GNC or something like that and picked up something that was unapproved. And, you know, it was an honest mistake. I know Will, Will would have never done something to harm his team. Never, ever. The kid wants to win. And, um, no one ever worked harder than Will. And, uh, so when Florida did what they did, um, and just sort of kicked them to the curb. I just, I knew that they were going to regret it. Well, they know? lost out and he came out on top and I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. so thrilled for him. In and fact, we're so thrilled to have him back here. In fact, I'm holding this little, uh, this little glass trophy for the state championship. And it says coach Salerno Davidson day, 2012. And Will Greer actually gave that to me. Oh yeah. I didn't, so, know, I didn't even know that. Yeah, um, so, you know, I'm proud of that. Uh, I know the people that live near us that are, you know, Lincoln County folks, um, they were all kind of doubting Will. 
and uh, because he played for a small school. And I kept telling him, I've been telling people about Will Greer since he was in eighth grade, ninth grade, and um, no one believed me. So, yeah, he's Cam Newton's backup, but um, Cam better watch out. That's all I'm saying. Cause that, cause mm-hmm. that kid, that kid works hard. So, Hey, when we get back, um, or we're going to take a little break when we come back, we're going to talk about, um, waiting on God. And sometimes that's, in fact, almost every time we have to do that, it's hard because his timing is not our timing. He's a lamp into our feet. We'll be right back. So, um, it, I wish I could see a show of hands, but how many people like to wait on God? I don't think you'd see a show anybody? of hands anyway. Nobody likes anybody? to wait. Anybody? Uh, Bueller. 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 I was just, just going to say that, Bueller. That's real good. I like that. That's funny. Um, so, yeah. I mean, so waiting. There's nothing about waiting that is a part of our life anymore. Instant gratification. Yeah, I mean, you know, our phones, we just we just call up stuff and there Google it is. Google it, Google it, Google it. So waiting is not a part of our, our, uh, our, of our lives anymore. And oftentimes, um, you, you're asked to, you're, you're kind of put in a position to wait and be patient. And then, and then part of that is wondering, okay, well, I have to wait. If I have to wait, then what am I doing here now? Why am I here in this position and what does God want to do with me now while I'm here? Like, cause if you're waiting on God, it's not like you're okay. I'm waiting on him and I'm just going to like stand around and like do nothing and wait. He doesn't want us to be idle. So while we're waiting, we still have to be active in our ministry on a daily basis. All right. And so what I want to share with, with everyone, and Yvette doesn't even know what I'm what I was planning on sharing today. Um, is because you wouldn't tell me. Well, it's <laughs> it's it's work related. So, and um, <clears throat> there have been a couple of times in my life where um, work stuff at work you just kind of out of your control, and you um, you just basically. You wonder what, what, why, 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 why was I there? What would happen? What's going on? Why, right? So, just to share with you guys that don't know, so I worked for Robert Yates. Um, I was Dale Jarrett's pit crew coach for about two years. And, back in the uh, day, back in the Way day, back in the day, when NASCAR was popping. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Mike Ford, my good buddy, brought me in, and um, and so. Mike Ford uh, found a found a great opportunity uh, to become Denny Hamlin's first crew chief uh, under Joe Gibbs. And so when Mike Ford, who brought me in, left and went to Gibbs, everybody that Mike hired pretty much had a target on their back. I mean, that's just the way pro sports are. So Mike brings a guy in, the new guy comes in and says, hey, you know, who's this Russ guy? So bottom line is, I got, uh, I was on my way home 
and I was on uh, Highway 73, right there by that park, right by the um, right, right by the lake. And I remember, just like it was yesterday, Robert Yates called me. And he said, Russ, uh, Robert Yates. I said, hey, Mr. Yates, how you doing? That's the owner of, a t- of the team. He, I mean, he owns, you know, the 38 and the, and the 88. I mean, 40-plus million-dollar teams, right, or two twenty million-dollar teams. Um, he says, Russ, I hate to do this, man. Um, but, uh, you just don't worry about coming in the morning. We're, we're gonna, we, we need to let you go. And I'm a, I mean, I'm, I was floored. I'm like, Robert, you, you, Mr. H, you gotta be kidding me. And he, he just basically said, you know, Russ, don't make this, don't make this tougher on me as it, than it already is. I just, you know, I just need you to just, you know, don't worry. I said, well, I got some personal things. He said, you come in tomorrow and get your personal stuff, but um, I really, really need you to really just, you know, and I, I was trying to, I was trying to understand because see, I'm a data guy. So when everywhere I've ever worked, everyone, everything I've ever done, anything, I've always collected data. I like to analyze it. I look at it. I, I make decisions on data and I had, um, all of the, the race stats. Um, when I, the reasons, one of the reasons why I got hired by Yates was because, um, of the way of the, the way that I presented data. So Mike gave me an opportunity to review some film. I put together a, a little report for him on um, things I would measure and things I would, I would do to, to make a pit stop better potentially. Um, and he gave this to Robert Yates and Robert Yates um, decided to invite me in to have a conversation with him about it. I found 72 movements in or 73 movements in a, uh, in a pit stop that I could measure. And, um, so anyway, I measured those 73 movements and, um, and saw improvement in a lot of those over time. And as God would have it, um, while I was there, I, I started a Bible study, uh, just during break. We had like certain breaks as the whole shop shut down and we would have break. Like it was like nine 30 in the morning or something like that. And, so we had a, a, a started a little small men's group, and one of the one of the guys that joined the group um, was a guy named Jay Thompson. Jay Thompson was a gas man for the thirty eight Elliot Sadler, and um, one of the other guys that, that was in in my group was my front my front carrier Alex Smith. So <clears throat> after uh, I got let go, um, that was you know kind of that was the first time I've ever been let go in my life, so I didn't know how that felt like. So I, um, I get a call in the middle of the night, like almost midnight, from Alex Smith. And I hadn't talked to him in a while. So I'm like, Alex, what's going on? He says, Russ, I, I got to tell you some bad news. Um, Jay Thompson, you remember Jay? I said, yeah, yeah I, mean, I know Jay. He says, well, he and his wife were killed in a, in a motorcycle accident um, instantly on highway 73 the, the other day uh, and and i wanted you to know about it because i know he made a decision for christ in our bible study that you led and i wanted you to know you you were a part of that that like god did you, you know you started that bible study for that reason and i mean i literally i fell to the floor i, I couldn't even stand my knees gave out it was the first time like i i just i i remember myself i i, I my body just gave out and it was um it was at that moment I realized the reason why I was at Yates was 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 for Jay Thompson. That's it, for Jay Thompson. 
And um, so fast forward and actually rewind from now, but fast forward from then, I never got closure from Robert Yates. One day, about a year and a half before he died, Robert Yates passed away from uh, his battle with cancer recently. Um, he, I saw him at Bob Evans, Bob Evans restaurant, him and his wife were walking up and his, and his he said, uh, Russ, I, I, uh, Russ Salerno, I, I said, Mr. Yates, he says, uh, yeah, he told his wife to go inside and get a table. And, um, he said, I really, I'm really sorry, Russ. And I said, well, what for? And he says, well, he says, I've been, I've been in the racing business for a long time and I probably, I probably made a, made a lot of people upset and I probably screwed over a lot of people in my, in my time. Um, he said, you're in the top five. He said, you were doing a good job and I should have never let you go. But I, it was just a, just a quick decision and, and just whatever. And I just looked at him and I said, Mr. Yates, let me just, let me just stop you real quick. I said, I, I don't, I, I don't pretend to even re- remotely know the pressure it, it you were under as an owner of a NASCAR team, a multi-million dollar NASCAR team. So you had to make a decision. You made a decision, and the way God worked it out, it worked out fine. I ended up getting a getting a job at um, at Bank of America. I could work from home from time to time. Had more time with my kids. I wasn't away on the weekends, and actually made a little more money. Um, but but in the end. I mean, I said, I said, Mr. Yates, I'm just grateful I even had the opportunity to do that because how many people can say they were the the pit crew coach for Dale Jarrett? I mean, I mean, if I, who would have thought, right? I mean, I, I wasn't even hardly really a NASCAR fan. I mean, I used to like Mark Martin back in the day when I was when I lived in Florida. But bottom line is, God put me there for a reason, and I think it was for Jay Thompson. Fast forward to today. Um, I've had some unfortunate events happen at work, but I still love the. I still like where I work. I, I love the people there. Um. And I, and sometimes I wonder, you know, God, what am I? What am I? What is next for me? What you know? What am I? What what what's next? Because I it, you know I, I want to know. I mean, I, I'm a planner, and I and I and I and I like to. I like. I mean, who doesn't like to know, right? And so God's a lamp into our feet, not a beacon showing us, you know, miles and miles down, down the road. Cause if we did that, we'd be able to plan and we'd be able to maneuver like, Oh, here comes a speed bump. So I'm going to curve to the left. Here comes this. I'm going to curve to the right, you know, and God doesn't want us to rely on our own understanding. And we wouldn't have faith if we did that. Right. So he gives us just enough light in front of us just to take a step. And the next steps you're like, you know, every, every step is faithful. And all that's all you need to do, one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. And so I, I struggle. I struggle even like right now, at work. Um, and and and, I, and I, don't get me wrong. I, I the people I work with, I, I love the people I work with. But I ask myself the question, and I've asked myself this question on several occasions since I where I, since I've been working where I, where I'm working. And this might be risky, even me talking about it. But it's not like I'm talking. I'm not going to talk negative about my employer. I'm saying that what's the reason why I'm there, right? And so I go back and a few years ago or two years ago, it was two years ago, I think it was two years ago or three years ago, three years ago, actually, uh, there was a girl that worked for us. Um, she worked up at the front. Her name was Patty Wright. 
And she and I'm very open about my faith in Christ. Very open. I mean, if you know me and you're with me any longer than I mean, I'm I'm gonna find a way, especially if you're a new person in my life and I just met you, I'm gonna find some way to wedge my foot in the door just to see where you're at. And then I'm gonna share Christ with you. It's in, in some roundabout way. It's just the way I'm built. So she knew I was a Christian. Um, and uh, she would come into my office every morning around 9 o'clock after her little morning routine. She would come in, and she would sit, in my, she, she would sit at my chair, and at one of my chairs, and, and I have a pair of dice with me that I, that I carry, and the dice, um, basically the analogy is, is one day you're going to roll snake eyes, and you're going to be face-to-face with God. And she, she would come in and roll the dice, and she never rolled snake eyes. Of, well, she rolled snake eyes a couple times, but it took her a while. There's a one in 36 chance you're going to roll snake eyes. So you can come in there for months and probably never roll it if you roll just one time. But she would come in and roll the dice every morning. And she said, oh, I guess I'm good with God. I guess I'm good with God. I said, hey, if you're, you want to gamble, and go right ahead. But she was always curious, and she would ask questions about Jesus. And um, she was struggling letting go of, you know, the world. And she did, she, you know, she... She liked to have fun, you know, and she had friends that liked to have fun, and and I knew that, and, I, and that's what I loved about her. I mean, she was just a, she was a bundle of energy, and I say was in past tense she because was such a joyful person because what did happen on um on New Year's Day, three years ago, um I got a call from my uh, the HR lady at work, and she said that Patty had actually been killed. In a, in a motorcycle accident. Now, here's the second person. And I didn't realize I was actually talking to you the other, the other day about some stuff and, and not feeling sorry for myself necessarily, but I'm kind of, kind of, you know, disappointed with where I'm at right now at work. Mm-hmm. And although I'm embracing this new role of mine, um, um, you reminded me of something the other day and that, that just meant like, it just, it just, it, it, it made my day. And I've, I've, that's all I think about now from ever since you said this, she goes, remember us, God probably had you there for Patty. And that was the reason why that this, that's the reason why you're where you're at now. And even though that was three years ago, I'd like to think that Patty was, Pat, Patty got that up. She never, she never verbally told me or never verbally made a decision. I've had just people make decisions for Christ in my office at work. She never did that. Although right before she died, that November and December, she was listening to Christian music and she was asking deeper questions about Jesus. I think she really wanted to, to die to herself and, and, and give her life to Christ, but she was just scared that everybody would not think she's so cool. Well, I think she's like so many people that are trying in their human mind to figure it all out. And it well, all comes down to faith. She, you have yeah, to Yeah, and I forgot to mention that. Like that's another thing that she she had you know, we're going along, but I just want to finish the story. It's thirty five we're thirty five minutes into the show, but but bear with me because this is interesting. So she is that she is that type, and there's a lot of people like that where they think they gotta get all gotta get all their questions answered about God before they make their decision. For Christ, and here's the deal: I've been a Christian for forty years. I still have questions, so you're never going to know. And, and the way I the way I try to tell her was, 
it's like a new car. You know, you got this new car and they have a quick start manual. It's all laminated. It's got the basics, you know, here's your volume for radio and here's your, you push the button to start. Here's the gas tank. Here's the, you know, just the basics. And you can get in the car and a lot of people don't even look at the, they don't even look at it. They, they might glimpse through it and go, oh, here's a feature I didn't know about. But they don't get, there's a manual called the Chilton's Manual and it's a manual for every car and it literally is a, it's, it's like this. It's like an inch and a half, two inches thick and it's just a, every single by the time I'd learned that, I'd bolt, be onto a different car. Every single bolt, every single nut, every everything is in that manual. And every car, at least they used to have these manuals. And so what I was trying to tell her was, and I had a dictionary in my office, and I put the dictionary on there, and I said, so you're trying to read through a manual this thick about Jesus, which is actually the Bible, but you're trying to figure out this vehicle. When God says, just die to yourself and come to me, so get in the car and experience the car. See, what's going to happen, and I told her this, I said, what's going to happen is you're going to see Christ change your life. Things are going to look different. They're going to feel different because when you become a Christian, you're, the lens with which you look through to see the world, change, everything changes. So you put, these lens, you put this lens on and things you used to love, you don't, you don't love anymore. You want to do them. But you, but you know you, you don't want to do them because they don't honor God. They, they're distasteful. And if you do that, then you have, you're, you're remorseful about it. And there's a difference between, and that's a whole other show, uh, remorseful, uh, remorse and repentance versus just an apology. Like, eh, I'm sorry I did that. But anyway, I said, just get in the car. And then what's going to happen is you're, you're going to turn a corner and it's going to handle really well. And you're going to go, man, dude. What I'm gonna go, and then you're gonna open up the big manual, and you're gonna read about the suspension, and you're gonna say, "Wow, that's how that this is how that car does." I had no idea. Well, that's what you're gonna do with the Bible, guys. If you're listening, just run to Christ and 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 let the Word of God speak to you and and disciple you, and you'll learn more about about who God is the more and more you read that manual and be in relationship with him. So uh, here I am, a Christian 40 years, and I'm still struggling with waiting because I'm waiting. Like what what next, God? Like what's my next what, what's my next thing? You know, is it this podcast show that that couldn't support I mean, we, you know, we don't do this for the money. We make zero money on this. It's not why we're doing this. But we make negative on what's. This. Oh yeah, we're <laughs> we in the we're in the negative. <laughs> we're in the negative. Yeah, I mean, we we bought all this equipment so we so we could you know present a, a show that is of quality sound. And I'm glad I did it as an investment. I, I feel it was an investment in 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 God. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm waiting, and so while I'm waiting. I got to be doing. And so so I'm just doing my job best I can and waiting patiently. But what I wanted to share today was I wanted to thank you, Yvette, for reminding me that the other day, I think it was like, it was last week, um, I was just pulling my hair out about work and just fr- in frustration. And you just said, I just think that you were there for Patty. And I think that I think that probably I was most definitely at Yates for Jay Thompson. And is it's it's odd that and it's I don't believe in coincidences, but it's it's odd that both of those people were killed on motorcycles. 
I don't, this is why we don't. I don't ride know what that. I don't know what that means. I, I mean, I, I, I really, I don't know what that. I don't know what God's. I don't know what that means. It, it might not mean anything. It might just be that that's how it happened. Maybe there is a meaning. I used to ride. I loved to ride, but when I had kids, I stopped riding. I, I mean, literally. And you remember, I, I would go out riding, and I felt bad when my kids were at home. I'm like, well, I'm out riding, and my kids are at home. I, I just felt guilty when I was riding. And we never I never wanted to go with you because my whole thought was, what if something happened to us? They'd lose both their parents. So I was like, nope, right. not doing it. So yeah, not a big motorcycle fan myself. I, I mean, I, there there is a there's freedom. It's it's really a free it's it's a freedom thing. I mean, it really feels good to be out there on 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 a motorcycle, and I, there's nothing like it. So I'm just gonna say that. Except when you're wearing shorts and you're flying to a patch of uh, hornets or whatever. Uh, or you yeah. get hit by a June no, bug right in the, the middle deal. of your forehead. Yeah, no, so I'm riding. I got my shorts on. I'm all, I got my feet out on the pegs, and I go right through a bunch of bees or hornets or whatever. Man, I never got off a bike so fast in my life. There was an old lady sitting on her front porch, and I pulled my bike over in front of her, in front of her yard, and I'm jumping around. And she's just like, son, hey, you okay? And and she's just she's like, lost oh my mind. gosh. I mean, I and I got stung so many times. My boys were not doing well. <laughs> they were not. They were. They were not doing well. Oh, you so, just went there. Oh, yes. So um, anyway, I thought the June bug hitting you in the head, and you thought you were going to pass out because <laughs> you so hard was the worst. Yeah, I got hit by a June bug right right between the eyes, and it was like someone threw it like that a, was before you had the um, the screen. Yeah, Remember you got I, had a a, I had a fat boy uh, without without a without a, uh, a fairing or half fairing or anything like that, and, and I got hit by man. I'm telling you, that thing about knocked me off the bike. So, Beware so I guess the June bugs. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know. I just wanted to I just wanted to share this today. I know it was probably it was me pontificating and talking mostly. But I think your point is, which, and I didn't know really what you were talking about. I'm really just listening as well. But I think we all have times where we feel like, why are we here? What is our purpose? What? And I think you look at things differently than a lot of people because you you want spiritually to have a reason why you're everywhere. Like you want to feel like you're you have a purpose for why you are God has you in a place because you firmly believe that you're in every every situation because. God, that's where God has you for a reason. God had you at Yates for a reason. God, oh, God has you right where you are right now for a reason, and He's going to use that. And I full, I wholeheartedly believe it. And I think it's easier sometimes for the person on the outside looking in to a situation to see that, because um, there's been many, there have been many times that I've been on the one on the other side, and you have given me that that same encouragement. So. Well, and, and I think what's interesting is sometimes you don't really see why sometimes until a long time, a long, now, time, a long time, time. Now. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, in the Patty story, just, I mean, I knew that she was a part of it, but you know, was she the only, was she with like the, like the focus? Is that why God put me there? Put, put, put me where I'm at. Uh, I mean, there are several several employees there that have uh, where I work now that have made decisions for Christ. Um, but Patty just stands out obviously. And so, so I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, 
be be in meditation and be in communication with God through prayer. And and if you're wondering what am I doing, like what 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 am I doing? And I struggle with this even now. Like I'll get up in the morning tomorrow and I'll and I'll say I'll ask myself, what am I doing? What's what's today going to be like? What's you know it's 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 it, it can be challenging. And so. And I had a day like that yesterday. You did. And, and today, and you, today, got up, today a, you got up and you didn't know what was going to happen, right? And it turned out to be a, out a to be much better day with the situation I was dealing with. And so you never know what God is putting out there next for you. Well, And sometimes he has you go, and a lot of times, many times, you go through valleys at difficult times just like our winding rehob you're on this you're on a really curvy part of that road and and you know god willing uh sooner than later you'll get on that straighter path but right now you're kind of going through through a winding path right now to yeah. in a lot of ways for a lot of things it's not just work it's it's you know life it's we have a lot of things going on so we just know that god's in the center of it and we keep him in the center of it and when we get discouraged or we start to Question, that's why we have each other, so we can always remind the other person, God's got this. Well, and we're, but we're human, and so, you are you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's normal to, to doubt. I mean, there's there's always, you have hope in Christ, there's confidence mm-hmm. in Christ. I mean, I'm confident now. Someone tells me, where are you going when you die? I mean, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. There's I have zero, zero doubt that I'm going to heaven because, not because of anything I, I did. I don't deserve heaven. I deserve a cross. I, um, I, I, the only reason that I will even remotely have a chance, um, is because of what Christ did on the cross and what he ultimately did in resurrecting himself and defeating death once and for all. I mean, the resurrection doesn't happen. Then what we believe is, 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 is a joke, right? So, uh, Christ did rise from the dead Many witnesses saw him over 500 even at one period, one time. He's alive today, and he's alive in me, and he's alive in you. So if you're a Christian listening to this show, he's alive in you. So don't bottle him up. You know, like you know, open the open the top and 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 let him let him come out. Don't be afraid to share what's on your heart, um, what God's doing in your life with others. I mean, you, your your testimony may inspire somebody else. Um, and made that's kind of a roundabout way of letting people know that you're a Christian and know where you stand, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of Christians are closet Christians. They don't, they don't tell anybody, they don't talk about God. They just try to fit in with the world. They don't want to offend anybody. And, you know, I think right now and where we're at as a country, we need more people to be open about who they are in Christ. Here's another thing. When you're open about who you are in Christ, it it puts some pressure on you because guess what? They're looking at you now. If they know you're Christian, they're going to be watching you. And I'm not talking about legalism here. I'm not saying that, oh gosh, I, everybody knows I'm Christian now, so I can't drink or I can't do this or I can't dance. or I can't. Look, if it's a sin and it owns you, it's a sin. You have to deal with it. But know this, the people will be looking at you. But also know this, God's got your back. Trust him. Wait on him. And sometimes it's tough, but, you know, waiting, the waiting game, the waiting game, it it always, you're going to find out, and it might be a year from now, it might be 10 years from now, 
the waiting moment that you're in now, you're going to find out why God had you waiting. So um, be encouraged. Uh, I'm going to try to continue to be encouraged because <clears throat> there's a uh, there's another big chapter coming up in my life. I don't know what that is, but uh, I know God's going to be a part of it. And that thanks for reminding me about Patty because that has me. Uh, I'm focused a little bit different at work now. I'm glad it helped. I know that came right from the Lord. So you knew you needed to hear that. Well, we went went long. I hope you guys listened the whole way. I'll ask some of you what we ended up with just to see if you listened the whole way. I thought you can, like, listen part and part. Bye now. See ya. Have a good one.